Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not. And today, today, today is Friday, March 1st, the year of our Lord, 2024. I believe it's the second Friday of Lent. It is. This is the time to buy stock in Arby's fish sandwiches. I remember when I was a kid, the McDonald's fish sandwiches were considered good. Now, I just believe they taste like death. So anyway, uh, today we're going to do our usual question and answer craziness. But of course, I want to give a shout out to my foreign correspondents, Patricia in Scotland, Bren Van in Canada, Sabine in the Fatherland, Richard in England, Margaret in New Zealand. And now get this, we have a new foreign correspondent in the Philippines. Um, I told someone, send me the name of this person. And that man will be my foreign correspondence. And if you send it to me, I did not see it or I saw it and then it flew away from my brain. So uh, for our Philippines correspondent, I'm going to need someone who talked to me about this to submit that name because we got to give props to our peeps in the hood. And I don't even know what that means. I want to give a huge shout out to Michigan Church Supply in Montmorris, Michigan, and Celtic Cove Catholic Bookstore, who last night sent me a coffee cup, which I'm currently washing so I can drink it during the show, and uh, coffee. Now, here's the thing. I have always said, for those of you who, I don't know, when's the last time I said this, but St. Drogo is one of my patron saints. And why? Because he's the patron saint. I kid you not. Look it up. Here's the list of coffee and coffee makers, of sheep, ruptured spleens, and ugly people. That's my guy. All I need to do is rupture a spleen, and I've hit every check mark the man has. I've been around sheep. I've eaten sheep. Um, where are we talking about this? Oh, that was the name of the coffee. It was St. Drogo. So a uh, huge shout out to Celtic Cove Catholic Bookstore and, and just an encouragement by local everyone, particularly when we talk about books, like I really, really, really want everyone to buy Dr. Ray's book, Thinking Like Jesus. And if you buy it on his website, by the way, it's a little cheaper. I don't know if you know this, but if you don't buy it on his website, you need to go to Celtic Cove Catholic Bookstore or, or I don't know if they have it, but I'm sure they can get it. Uh, great book. Uh, everyone asks me, what do I read at Lent? Read this book. Um, there is an abysmal lack of pictures in it. Oh, yeah. It. What's that? Chris. Oh, you got the Philip, my Filipino yeah, correspondent. Chris okay, Chris. It's my pleasure to be your correspondent from the Philippines. Nice. And, uh, and Chris from the Philippines. Okay. Got you. All right, I don't know how to say thank you in Tagalog, but so I'm just going to say thank you in Tagalog. So it turns out I do know how to say thank you in Tagalog. I know how to say the phrase thank you in Tagalog, but I don't know how to say thank you, comma, in Tagalog. I think we've covered this sufficiently. Uh, I do got to say, Martha, who is the chief queen of all thuggishness, may get promoted to our Ecuadorian foreign correspondent because for some reason she's in Ecuador. And you're not kidding when you write that. Do you know, she? I don't think she told me because she knows then I would freak out. You be careful. We need our Martha. And don't start any fights. Don't get all liquored up and start punching people. I know you do that in Grand Rapids, but in Ecuador, that means something. Um... <laughs> And I'm going to give today a shout out to Kyle at El Sarah. If you're going to buy a car, you should buy it from El Sarah. And you should buy it from Kyle. And then give it to me. Um, I want to tell you something about next week's shows because they're going to be different. Um, what we're going to do, because I'm going to be on a leadership immersive. Ask me what that is, Carrie. What is that? I have no idea, but I'm going to be on one with Father John Ricardo and his magic team of joy. But while we're gone, we're going to play for you a couple of the shows we did on the cruise. We might even put the Father Mike Schmitz one on there. Although, to me, we kind of got to hold that back. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, TV shows where they're like, 
So, Johnson, is it yes or no? And then the credits roll. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I remember who shot JR. I don't remember who shot JR, but I remember the phenomena of who shot JR. And I even remember the show was called Dallas. Oh my gosh, Larry Hagman. Yes. <gasps> Am I right? Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so we got some good questions for today and a couple really awful ones, but those were from Carrie and she's pretty drunk. So we're going to take off. Uh, if you have any questions, please submit them. And if we can get to them today, we will. If we can't get to them today, they will be burned and the ashes will be buried and they will never be spoken of again. I might have made that up. So someone asked me, they said, Father, how do I separate the concept of permissive will and moral culpability? Well, in this case, it looks like you separated them with words and spaces. And I recommend you continue that because otherwise it would just be concepts of that and we wouldn't even know what that means. So first, let me just say, you've done a bang-up job so far at separating permissive will and moral culpability with three letters and two spaces. So massive props. Uh, but all kidding aside, uh, it depends what you mean, okay? Uh, so let's go through with our terms. Here's how I understand permissive will. It's the understanding that there are things God desires and there are things God allows. So Por ejemplo, that's Spanish for por ejemplo. For example, God's goal in creating humans uh, was that we would be one with him, that we would be naked without shame in the presence of our Lord, and that we would choose his way through obedience. That was his will. However, for love to work, right? So love loves you. God loves you. He is love. But for that love to really work, you have to be free. What's that? What's Okay. What? Oh, his dad messing around. Dad's causing trouble. I want that on the record. And I've never respected him more. God, oh, you, you were given the Baltimore Catechism, weren't you? Yeah, we were made to know, love, and serve God in this life and be with him forever in the next. Did I get it right? Yeah. Sweet. My dad is a genius. Um, I can't believe I got that right. There you go. What were we talking about? Something with Jesus or something. Oh, God is love and God loves you. Now, as a human, you can reject that love or embrace it. When you embrace it, it means all the more. So, for example, me being human is the way to get to heaven in a sense. Okay, uh, St. John Paul II wrote a lot about this. I'm created human, so I need to act like a human. Now, my dog was created as a dog, but she doesn't have freedom. She only knows how to be a dog. Mm -hmm. I can act like an animal. I can act like an angel. Um, that's what makes me human. How are we doing so far? Because of that phenomena, God has permissive will, meaning... Well, gosh, I would love for you to obey me. I want you to obey me, but I won't make you obey me. That's permissive will. That God allowing that which he didn't intend. Does this make sense? Yes. Okay. So then moral culpability, what is that? Well, uh, moral culpability is how guilty am I? And it's based on knowledge. Did you know what was wrong? There's very few things where the church says, you don't need to be told that's wrong, right? Very few, believe it or not. Most things, if you didn't know, it's different. So we've had this discussion dozens of times. Father, I didn't know the church doesn't want us to scatter the ashes of our beloved. And I scattered ashes. I feel terrible. Well, you didn't know. You're not guilty of that which you didn't know. With, again, some exceptions, right? There's some things, right? Well, no one ever told me I couldn't punch the priest in the back of the head while he's processing up at Mass. Okay, I shouldn't have to tell you that, depending on the priest. I mean, there are some priests where if you did that, I'd be like, massive props. That's not just not a sin, that's virtue. But I digress. So what is our moral culpability? Well, you and I have the intellect that God gave us, 
and we have faith. So Bishop Carl always said it this way, Bishop Carl Mengling. He said, we're birds with two wings, faith and intellect, right? We need both wings to fly. Uh, that's why I don't fly well. I don't have a lot of intellect. Um, but I do have my savage good looks to carry the day. So I'm not entirely sure what you're asking here, but how's this? You and I, think of a, a coin. It's got two sides on it. You're only judged by what you know. But the other side of the coin, it's your duty to know as much as you can. Right? It's your duty to know as much as you can. Huh? What do you say? It's your duty. <laughs> duty. <laughs> yeah. This is why Chuck and I do really well. The other day, okay, I'm going to tell the barbecue story. So for those of you who are not from the Midwest or the North, eh, this won't shock you. For those of us who live here, one of the most shocking things, and I mean this, that I can think of in the last five years is that it was 70 degrees on, was it Monday? No, Tuesday. Okay, guys, the average temperature... Like, I looked this up. It's 22. It's usually 22 degrees at this time of year here in Michigan, which we actually find warming up. It was 70, 70. And for our Celsius friends, uh, switch to Fahrenheit. So, <laughs> do you know? Okay, I'm sorry. What are we talking about? Does anyone remember? Oh, so I barbecued. We, we literally barbecued. Chuck brought his wife over. Carrie brought her husband over. And dad and I prepared a barbecue for them. And there was this magic moment where we realized Chuck's wife and Carrie were just talking. I mean, really having this. You could see the joy on their face and the intensity. And I realized, and I said to Chuck, Carrie gets to talk to an adult. She hasn't talked to an adult in a long, because all the men were sitting there, you know, with gas jokes. Uh, and it was just so funny, like how content and at peace with the world you were in that moment. And I thought, Carrie gets to talk to an adult. She works with Chuck and I and dad, that poor woman. And she's married to John. So why am I telling that story? Who knows? Now, I've got a ton of questions like this one. Father, what do you think of the show The Chosen? So I'm going to try to talk as quick as I can, but also as clearly as I can. One, it's heresy. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Okay, I love it. Uh, Uncle Lonnie put me on to it. And at first I avoided it because I'm going to be blunt. Um, I knew it wasn't Catholic. And my fear was they were going to go to great lengths to make sure that Catholics got smacked around a little. That's just, that happens a lot. No, I find this unspeakably lovely. I do. Now, what shocked me is I've seen very few Catholics criticizing it. I've seen young Catholic priests on social media criticizing it, but that's just part of being a young Catholic priest. But I've seen Protestants, some hardcore go after it. And here's the thing. Now we're getting into my opinion. So this has very little value. Okay. I think this is part of the reason Christian media and Christian music stinks. Um, and it's because we're all so busy trying to get it right. We sacrifice something pretty important. Uh, Jesus was perfect, right? Jesus is fully God, fully man. There's nobody else who fits that bill. As a result, any attempt to show him is going to fall short. So when you have these people who are like, well, the uh, hyperdulia of the homoousios with the, you know, go away. Go away. Um, let people have joy. It's not like they got Jesus as an Indian circus juggler, you know, or some kind of syncretism. Or uh, It's lovely. It's lovely. A lot of these people criticizing it are jealous. Seriously, I can tell. I, I can. Some of the criticisms I read from mainline uh, angry people, um, ministers, I was just like, you're just jealous. If you would have thought of it, you'd love it. 
But the other uh, thing is, these are the kind of people who would criticize a five-year-old child's paint, you know, picture of Jesus. They would. He didn't have the stigmata yet. You know, I was like, okay, buddy. Um, just enjoy beauty when you see it. Um, and in the same way that God looks at you and I, and he sees who we are and what we do and why we did it and loves us. You and I can look at someone's efforts to show the life of Christ in a way that edifies and not need it to be perfect. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think it's fair to say that in 50% of the episodes I wept. I do. I think that's fair to say uh, for the beauty of what they were showing and for the stuff I hadn't thought of. Um. Like, you remember the part where Jesus sends out the disciples two by two? I never thought, well, I did. I often thought about how terrifying that must have been for them. But in the show, um, they got in a big circle and put their arms around each other, like we did before a football game, and kind of hyped each other up and then said their goodbyes. And there was something so profound and lovely about that. I was like, my gosh, way to go. The way they speculate on the backstories behind some of the weird stuff. So you, you got to remember, nobody who wrote a gospel of our four gospels, our four canonically approved gospels, none of them sat down and said, I am writing a gospel for the Bible. There was no Bible. Writing was a big deal. Paper was expensive, uh, and it wasn't a medium that often survived. And it wasn't a culture that really trusted the written word near as much as they trusted the verbal word, right? The, the Jews are just getting Hellenized at this. Well, I mean, they've been being Hellenized for 100 years, but it's finally starting to catch on there. And so they tell you some things, but they don't tell you a lot. Why? Because somebody will be there to tell you. Right, think about it. Like the, the the story in the for example, this is just what comes to my mind. There's a story in the Bible about blind Bartimaeus. Okay, now if you know your Hebrew, when you see B A R, right, Bar, that's the Hebrew word for son of. Okay? So they're saying the son of Timaeus who was blind. We good so far? That translates blind Bartimaeus. Here's how they write it. And it's the only time they do this in the whole gospel. Bartimaeus, comma, the son of Timaeus was blind. Right? So they're saying the son of Timaeus, who was the son of Timaeus, was blind. What they're trying to tell you, what they're trying to tell their audience is that guy over there was blind. Yes, we're talking about him. Right? Think about this. Think about how many Marys are in the gospel. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Mary in the, Bible, in the gospels, right? <clears throat> so sometimes they distinguish it, sometimes they don't. Mary, the wife of Clopas. Mary of Magdala. Mary, comma, whom Jesus had driven seven demons out of, right? They're, they're just trying to help the audience that they're going to be reading it to. They didn't picture the United States of America, uh, reading it 2,000 years later in a language that hadn't even evolved yet. All of this to say, there ends up being stuff in Scripture where you go, huh? So, por ejemplo, I like saying that today for some reason. You were with me the other day, right? When all of a sudden I started speaking Spanish for no reason. Yes. That was so weird. Um, really, that was just weird. I think it was under, I was under some straws. Okay. Uh, so what were we talking about? Oh, the one that blew me away was this story. It's in the Gospels where Jesus encounters one of the disciples, future disciples, the, uh, let me see, FDA, the future disciples of America. And he says to him, yeah, I saw you earlier sitting under the fig tree. Right? And the response is, oh, you're the son of God. And that Jesus' response is to go, you believe because of that? Yeah, you're going to see some crazier stuff. Okay? And you got to wonder, what, what is that? Was that Nathaniel, I think, or Philip? It was one of those dudes. They're both dead. They don't care. 
Um, reading it, you're like, what? Now, why didn't the gospel writer write it? Because he's going to be able to tell you. In his head, as he writes it, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's going to be there to tell you when he reads this to you. Right? It's not like they made copies. You wrote it, then you carried it with you when you read it to people. Right? You don't make copies. There's no such, you know what I mean? Uh, to copy it, someone else has to sit down and word for word translate it. <coughs> so why did that happen? We have no clue. So the authors of The Chosen felt free to speculate in a really cool way. And I thought it was clever as all and beautiful and touching. So all this to say, I love it. And if they ever do something crazy, you know, turns out Jesus uh, wasn't really God. Yeah, well, then you know it's full of crap. Uh, but they haven't given any indication of any of that. And they're doing a lovely, lovely thing. There are always going to be people who criticize. That's just what they do. Right? Like, so we had that tornado hit here. And did you see the grand blank uncensored? Did you see I was kind of on a roll? I was posting some crazy stuff. Oh my gosh. I went, I had fun. But you wouldn't believe how many people are like, I don't have power yet. Stinking consumer's power. I'm like, do you remember like the tornado part? Uh, the leveled buildings. It's going to take them a bit. And you can see them working all the time. Oh my gosh, those guys are beasts. In fact, shout out to consumer power. Really, massive props. Please cut our bill. Was that out loud? Speaking of which, did you see Heinz Ketchup redesigned their top? $1.3 million they spent redesigning the top of their ketchup bottle. And they could have given a third of that to us and had an awesome sponsorship. Does it have a black ring with a little white spot in it? I think so. So it would look like a priest collar. There you go. It's a secret. It's a secret. It's a secret endorsement of my show. That's right. It's lovely. No, but did you see this? I did. Heinz spent $1.3 million redesigning the top of their ketchup bottle. Heinz ketchup. I love you, cats. I don't like ketchup. You could have given that to me. Right. And I would have done all kinds of goodish with it. Good, Good for me. And the kingdom of God or something like that. Um, <laughs> okay. Hi, Father. What would you say to someone who is considering Curcio? You know what? I don't know a ton about it. Um, what I know seems fantastic. Uh, I am so sorry. I'll encourage you to talk to someone who's gone. That's always the best approach. Um, talk to someone who's been on a Curcio retreat. And um, find out what they think. I will tell you this. What am I? 26 years a priest? I think. I'm in my 26th year. I think that's how you say it. Yes, you are. I've never heard a bad thing about Curcio. And Catholics complain about everything. Catholics complain about the Mass, right? The thing where you get Jesus in the Eucharist, where you hear the Word of God, and people cry. So trust me, Catholics do not suffer in silence. And I've never heard someone say a bad thing about Curcio. Nice. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, Father, what if one finally sees the sin and have been going to communion for years? Will reconciliation rectify the situation? Certainly. Take it back again to one of the first things I said, if this helps. You're not judged for what you didn't know. Yeah? And remember... Come Holy Spirit, you will never be worthy to receive communion. You or I, by our standards, we're just not going to be able to hit that mark. God is merciful and God is dying for you to receive the Eucharist. It, God saw that sin, the one that you just figured out. And by the way, your spouse did too. Uh, and I'm sick of them calling me about it. Um uh, can you imagine, you know, can you imagine, like, again, this is one of those married people thing. I'm sure that every once in a while, some spouse has a revelation. It's like, oh my gosh, I do this thing. And the other spouse is like, oh, you just noticed. <laughs> but here's the thing. God is slow and gentle. He doesn't ask you and I to refrain from communion because of mortal sin, because it somehow damages him. 
He asks that because it damages us. You can't damage God. Um, so sometimes, in my frankly pretty vast experience, you'll I'll recognize a pattern of sin in myself. No, I'm done with that. I've finished sinning. What, it's been three years now, I think. Um, and I'll realize the Lord saw that all along, and he was fine. And I would assume even the Lord held me back until I was ready to receive it. You know, uh, I really do. And I've seen the Lord do that a lot in people. How did I miss this all these years? We all wondered that too. Uh, but all kidding aside, you do your best. And I have no doubt the Lord obscures some of your sin because you're not ready to deal yet. And if he showed it to you too early, you'd give up. You'd get discouraged. Like with Carrie, the list is intense. But I hope that helps. Be at peace. The Lord's not looking for an excuse to condemn you. He's looking for any excuse to save you. Yeah? So, yeah, get yourself to confession. Knock that thing out. And let's rock and roll. Get right back on your feet. Stick it to the devil. Um, have you ever had a parishioner pass out because there was so much anxiety in confessing their sins? I've passed out. Woo! No. Um, sorry. Some of you people. No, uh, it always does crack me up when people, people have asked me, is this like one of the worst things you've ever heard? I'm like, it's not the worst thing I've heard in 10 minutes, bro. There are no sins left that are new, right? I mean, there's seven of them and there's just degrees beyond that, right? Um, <clears throat> no, uh, I have had people definitely close to it. But I think once they see, I'm nice, I'm a sinner, uh, so I'm going to be as gentle and merciful with you as I can. I've had to get tough with people, but only because they wouldn't acknowledge a sin, right? Like I had, well, no, don't go there. Um, can you give an example? I think so. Give Maybe me a we'll second. Yeah, well, here would, here would be an example. Oh, I know. Here's one people justify all the time, uh, affairs. Yeah, well, my wife isn't interested in sex anymore. I hear that a lot, a lot, okay? Um, a lot. <laughs> like at least people acknowledge my celibacy, you know what I mean? It's like yours is uh, involuntary. Uh, mine was a call from God, yours was your wife's just sick of you. Uh, but um, no, and so most men, just suffer that right they just suffer it and it breaks my heart i don't know what to do i don't know what to say well i have some ideas right have you tried losing weight you know no uh and i could actually talk about what i say to men but it's heartbreaking for them because they feel dirty for wanting to have sex with their wife when she clearly doesn't and so they feel rejected um and then they, like I said, they feel dirty because trying to explain how that feels come across, comes across as lust or something. And, you know, it's a lot of different things. Sometimes it's just she's been on pills her whole life. And that's just going to kill that. Um, right? Like we're starting kids on artificial birth control at 13 because of acne. And if you don't think that messes those girls up, their sex drive, you're way wrong. Every study in the world says it messes them up. But anyway, sorry, side note, what are we talking about? So I have had men who then use that to justify having an affair. Now, usually it's being candid. It's not a gal at work. It's a prostitute. Um, it's, yeah. Now, I'll cry with a guy. I will. But then if it moves in that direction, I get firm. Right? She betrayed your vows, bro. And I'm so sorry. But the answer is not for you to betray your vows. Right? Do what Jesus did. Take the bullet for the team. Right? And make sure you love her and treasure her. Um, and honor her. 
And if she's not living the covenant, it doesn't free you to not live the covenant. Right? And then if they're open to it, I'll give them some tips. And and Dr. Ray talked about this a lot. I don't know if you remember. He talked about men, we connect physically. Women connect emotionally. She's not feeling connected to. She's not feeling your connection to her. Am I, how do I say this? Did I say that right? Yeah. You know, so look and see how can you be more sensitive in a sense to what's going on in her life. I actually didn't do that on purpose. But that was the sound of every man going, more sensitive? Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. You know, she is not a tool to fulfill your sexual gratification. Right? I hope that's clear. That's not why she exists. But it is part of the covenant is that the two bodies become one. But it's also part of the covenant of the two souls become one, right? You're a body-soul unity. So both sides need to strive to express that unity in a way where both feel loved and fulfilled. I don't know. Am I making... Yeah? Yeah. Wow, I just talked myself into a deep, deep hole. For all those who were offended by what I just said, (laughs) it's the best I got. Uh, Celibate boy here, sitting here talking to you. Um. Okay, good. Um, If God made us and he makes all things good, is there good in hell because he sustains our existence there? Oh, sure. Right? There's good in hell for a real simple reason. Evil is not a thing. Evil is a lack of a thing. Good is the thing. Uh, Does this make sense? Right? So, um, okay, this is hilarious. Do you see the dog? She's just sitting here staring at my feet. I understand. I love my feet too. Actually, I despise my feet. I despise, like, who are, I was somewhere and a man, his wife got home from work. He got home before her. Did I tell you about this? Yeah. And she sat on the couch, put her feet on his lap, and he rubbed them. And I threw up inside of my mouth. Like, I don't want anybody touching my feet, and I don't want to touch anyone's feet ever. Okay. Let's focus. So evil is not a thing. Evil is a lack of a thing. Um, Come Holy Spirit. So if you fill a glass with water, that full glass of water is goodness. Think of it this way. And then you pour a little bit out. And then you pour a little bit more out. Now at some point, it's going to become defined by the lack of water. It's no longer, you don't say, well, that's an empty glass of water. But that's technically what it is. Yeah. Don't even get me started on corn on the cob. Right? We should just call that corn. We should call the other stuff corn off of the cob. <laughs> Have you ever thought about this? No? no? It drives me nuts. We're like, want some corn on the cob? I'm like, it's just corn. That's its natural state. The other stuff is corn off of the cob. I think of this. Right? Don't you think like when you're driving down the road, they're like, want some corn on the cob? It's corn! Hold on. The case basis for this is nakedness. We don't say there's a clothed person. We assume that. We say, oh my gosh, there's a naked person. Naked. Actually, it's naked. Naked is innocent. Naked is no clothes and getting into stuff. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're not clothed for a reason that benefits no one. Naked is the little squiggly, you know, at baptism. That's naked. But naked is, okay, it's corn. And there's corn and there's corn off of the cob. That's what there is. Well, you wouldn't say like, <laughs> oh, that's right. We were talking about, okay, sorry. We were talking about procreation and then corn off of the cob, which we should all be calling it. Like, okay, you know, they say, here's frozen corn. No, here's frozen corn off of the cob. The cob is the natural state. So is Nathan. Yeah. You just say, well, there's a dude. 
okay. It does work with what you're saying. But my natural state is naked. Right. I was born that way. I'm not going to die that way. God willing, I'll at least have a pair of bloomers on. When that cement truck hits me at 60. On a Friday. At 3 o'clock. How are the... Yeah. Thank you. Those are peas. Then there's peas out of the pod. Why do we do this? So is there good in hell? Yes. Is there good in the devil? Yes. But that's not what defines them anymore. Good is the thing. Evil is the lack of a thing. They're defined by their lack of good. Mm -hmm. How are the Tigers going to do this season? The Tigers are going to win 86 games and win the American League Central. That's my prediction. Um, and I want to be clear. Last year, I was super close. I said we would finish first, and we didn't. I said we would win 85 games, and we were nowhere near that. So you can see how close I was. I have a lot more hope this year because everybody's healthy, and maybe Javi Baez starts hitting like we know he can. All we need is Javi to bat 260. I did the math. I'm serious. Well, that's, that's a lot. 260 is very good. But if he can just bat 260, we can do this. I, and I hate putting it all on him. But here's the thing. If you look at our lineup, we can expect Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green to have very good years. We can expect Mark Kana to have a good year. Okay? We might be done with the predictably good people. What do you think of this, Pa? Now, you add Javi Baez on there. And again, all we need is 260 if I do the math right. And we win eight more games. Yeah, uh, Parker Meadows is playing center. Riley Green is playing left. Now, see, Parker, I suspect, will do really good and really bad because he's young. This is his first full year, right? And then in right field will be Mark Kana. Um, first will be Torkelson. Second's Colt Keith. Colt Keith, I assume, is going to do really awful and really good. <laughs> Right, because again, it's his first year, and he's 12, I think. And then on third base, we're going to have, I think, Matt Veerling. No, no, we just picked up. Oh, I forgot this changes my math. Do you realize we picked up Gio Urshola from the Angels? That's huge, by the way. That does mean Matt Veerling is not going to play third every night. And again, he's unpredictable. But Urshola, last year, do you realize this? He batted 379 against left-handed pitchers. He batted 290 on the season, or 280, somewhere in there. So I think 86 games is very doable for this team. And if Hobby bats 260 or batter, we could get to 90. Yeah? I know. I know. Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, okay. How are we doing? Good. Okay. This is a long question. It is. Okay. Do I get after it? Yes, read the whole thing? Do. Okay. This, okay, here's the question. This week, I read something a Catholic speaker wrote that I had never heard before. You're welcome. I'm just kidding. Uh, he said that God tested Abraham because somewhere along the line, Isaac became the object of Abraham's worship. Huh. Abraham began worshiping the promise and not the promise keeper, the gift and not the giver. Wow. God's response to Abraham was, dude. No, I'm just kidding. God's response to Abraham, according to the speaker, that thing you began worshiping instead of me, can I have it back? We know that God tests us to refine our hearts, to reveal something to us about ourselves. Do you think God was testing Abraham to show him that Isaac had become an idol. That's not how I read it, but that means very little, right? I, I've never heard that before. And I'll be honest, my first reaction is it freaks me out. But God freaks me out all the time. Um, here's, um, and again, they're probably right. I, I don't know. <laughs> here's the key, okay? In the Med, at this point, the Jews were the only people not practicing child sacrifice. Yeah? Like, we got all these people sacrificing their children to the gender ideology, God, now. Way to go. Um, but 
at that time, sacrificing a child was normal. You know, right? I know it's freaky, but stick with me. Remember that when the Jews first got to the promised land, so you're talking Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 70-some years, Moses, come Holy Spirit, 40-some years, then they hit the promised land again. It freaked them out that the Canaanites were sacrificing their children. That's why they killed them all. Being candid, right? The, the, the Israelites, when they realized that pagans were sacrificing their children to gods, they killed all of them. And the place where the Canaanites were sacrificing their children, the Jews wouldn't live there. They named it Jihana or Gehenna. Uh, and that became the place where they threw and burned their garbage. Because the act of killing your child is messed up. Um, for God to tell Abraham, sacrifice your child, the only one who you love, wouldn't have been surprising. The surprise was that God stopped him. Is this? Yeah. Abraham obeyed. And go backward with me. Remember just a couple weeks ago, we were reading the story of Noah. Um, and that after God destroyed the earth and then the waters receded, do you remember this? What did God say? Quote, he, he promised, what's his butt? Noah, I ain't going to do this again. We're done with this. This stage of our relationship is changing. Okay. Uh, and what did God say? Look to the sky. I will hang my bow. Okay. And it's the exact same words in, in, in Hebrew as in English, namely, hang your bow. He's hanging his tool of war up. It's an upside down, right, bow and arrow, that kind of bow. That's why we call it a bow. Um, And where is the arrow pointing next? It's pointing at God. God was prophesying in that moment with Noah, I'm going to take the bullet next time. It's going to be me who's destroyed, not the earth. And then he did it again with Abraham. Right? I asked you to give me your only son and you did. No, I'm going to give my only son. And God does this a few times through the Old Testament. Hints, hints at what he's going to do. And that's how I read the story. We read it as 20, what are we, 21st century Americans. And we're like, God would never. Abraham didn't know that. He'd only been following God about 40 years at this point. It's a new God to him. Right? He came from Ur of the Celtes, and God came to him at like 70 <laughs> and said, uh, go off to a land I'm going to show you. And that crazy man set off, not knowing where he was going. Um, you got to love him. He just did what God said. And that's the defining relationship for you and me uh, is we obey God, whether we get it or not. I can't tell you how often, and I totally get it, by the way. I'm not judging this. I do it too. Well, why does God say don't do this? I don't know all the time, but I know it's enough for me that God said don't do that. That's what I want it. Excuse me. That's what I'm gunning for. Is that if I get an explanation, great. But if not, fine. You're in charge, Lord, not me. Um, So for whatever that's worth, I've never heard that, and I'd need time to think about it. But my understanding is that it is what it is. That we're only shocked that God offered to him, that God told him, give me your boy. They would have been shocked that God stopped him. (laughs) They saw a ton of value in giving the gods blood. They saw a ton of value in giving God innocent young blood. I know that's terrible, but it's a different time. Uh, okay, I got a story about the rich man and Lazarus. Um, okay, and I got that one. Okay, sorry guys, I'm going through because I see the time. Well, I guess the time's not too bad. Um, <laughs> sorry, if I am driving to give someone the Eucharist, 
and I have the Eucharist in a Pix. Can I drive in the carpool lane? Yes, you have my permission. And you just got eight Jesus points for that brilliant question. Now, if the cop is a fundamentalist, you will get two tickets. One for what you did, two for just being a Catholic. Uh, so, um, yeah. Okay. Um, can grandparents make arrangements to have a grandchild baptized with the parent's permission? Yes. But I'm going to be blunt. It's not a good start. Right? If you can't get the parents to spiritually care enough, understand that at that baptism, they're going to promise God that they're going to raise the child Catholic and, quote, raise them in the practice of the faith. We quote St. Alan Iverson, practice. Um, it, it, it's kind of wild. Uh, I think every baby should be baptized. But I also think parents make some promises there, and I don't know how aware they are of those promises. I think, Carrie, you came up with the term, and I really like it, the Instagramming of the sacraments. It becomes all about the picturable moment to the point where we forget the priest looks the mom and dad in the eye and says, did you promise to bring this child up in the practice of the faith? To keep God's commandments as Jesus taught us, right? That's like a marriage promise, guys. It's the same level. It's a vow, it's a promise, it's made in front of witnesses, and it's made to God. Holy crap, right? But what about soccer practice? Um, was that out loud? <laughs> so yes, grandparents can particularly, well, only if they have the parents' permission. Yeah. Um, but I would also recommend that mom and dad understand you're making promises here. And, and it's not promises of your understanding, right? Uh, where God gets the leftovers. Um, but God's understanding, which compelled him to say to Abraham, give me your kid. Whew. Yeah. Uh, where do you recommend we look for truthful news and information? The Bible. Yeah, uh, and now we're done. Um, no kidding, everybody's lying. Uh, Fox lies, MSNBC lies, CNN lies, uh, NPR really does. Uh, they're all liars. They're all in service of their corporate sponsor and whatever Democrat or Republican Party they ally themselves with. I am so discouraged and deeply saddened um, that I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, we are lost Right. And I I don't say this so you'll be afraid. We'll be fine. We belong to God. Our republic is lost. And I really believe that. Um, I think the key is going to be trying to survive it for the next ten years until we move into blatant, open authoritarian authoritarian government, which is always the next step. Um and I know that sounds dark and I'm so sorry. But we don't know who's telling us the truth anymore, right? Uh, we just don't. Now, if it comes to the Catholic Church, I like Pillar Catholic. Uh, I listen to them. I feel like I'm getting very clear, level-headed news. Um, yeah. Church milit Militant settled their lawsuit. Did you see that? For them? No. Again, yeah. A priest brought a lawsuit against them. For some of their stuff. Okay. Um, let's see. Somebody asked, Catholic for 10 years, and I still struggle to fully understand purgatory. I get you. Why do we have to make restitution for sins already forgiven? Okay. I, can, I think I can help a little bit here. And part of it, I, I want to be clear. Come Holy Spirit. God reveals himself to us in ways we can understand. This is just life, and humans do this all the time, right? Think of the Santa Claus example. That, that's the key, right? Which I won't get into because I found others' kids listening. Santa's real. Um, so how about this? Like my relationship with my dad. Just yesterday, I think, we were in the car. We were going somewhere, and we were laughing our butts off. 
Oh, oddly enough, we were coming back from a death call. Um, but and I was like, think about it. When I was a kid, dad was the quiet guy with the belt, right? Uh, what did I know of dad? Um, he's bigger than me and he's in charge. And as I got older, discipline became less about fear and more about understanding. Why? Because all I could understand at that young age was fear. And I don't mean like, you know, bad fear. But I knew if I didn't do what dad said, there were consequences. And then over time, I came to see slowly, well, why is dad saying these things? Well, to help me. Well, why would he help me if he knows I'm going to fight back? Well, because he loves me. Holy crap. Right? And now, what am I, 50-something? 54, I think? No, 53. I turn 54 next month. 53. And I adore him. Right? I have more respect for him than I did then. But we also mess around. Like, we tease each other. We laugh. We have a good time. As soon as this is done, we're heading off to do last rites for somebody. Right. And the whole way there, we'll just have a good time looking at cars. Right. We lust after cars because we're 12. Uh, now, does that make anything from my past with him bad? No, it's what I could deal with then. Why am I saying all this? Because when it comes to purgatory, I get nervous with how much we are experts at something we've never seen. Um, come Holy Spirit. There is an arrogance in the Catholic Church that manifests through the clear answering of questions that I don't know if they know. They're taking their best shot at it. And it drives me nuts that we sometimes lack the humility to say, well, we're not sure. Now, sometimes we do have that humility. Sometimes we don't. When it comes to purgatory, what do we know? We know that people who die go to heaven or hell. And we know that for people who go to heaven, and I'm speaking very vaguely, there is a period of adjustment. Um, we've got to come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Our whole life, the, the most pious and lovely human's view of love was so messed up compared to real love. Um, darn it. I'm not doing a good job. Um, come Holy Spirit. It's a period of adjustment to heaven. Heaven is perfect. You and I ain't. Jesus has forgiven all of our sins. Um, it's not about forgiving or earning. It's about adjusting. And the more bent our view of love and wisdom and peace and joy is, the more of an adjustment it's going to be. When Dante wrote about purgatory, the people there were joyfully suffering, right? They weren't weeping and wailing and screaming. They were joyfully suffering. It's the weight room pain, right? Um, yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sorry I'm not more helpful, but here's what I'll encourage you to do. And this is what I try to do. I try to make sure I'm growing, right, as much as I can every day by God's grace. That I'm not trying to earn what I can't earn. That I'm not trying to, I joke about shaving time off perg. But what I understand is the more I let Jesus redefine life and words for me, the more I take on his mind, the more prepared I'll be for the kingdom of heaven. And what I hope desperately, just told did this yesterday, I hope that when I die, am dying, a priest is there. I'm hoping I get last rites. And I'm hoping with all of my heart, this is why we go every time we get called, right? Um, that people pray for me, not remember, oh, Father did this, Father did that, who gives a rip? But that when I'm gone, it's, oh, Lord, get him home, forgive his sins. Yeah, I feel like I'm rambling. Um, oh, my gosh, 
I have to wrap up, don't I? I'm going to just read this comment from Father Sean because I think he's God's twin. Is that all right? And then we got to wrap up because I do got to go. In fact, give somebody last rites. Uh, so this is from my boy, Father Sean, who will be on the show in a couple months. Um, today, truth. Today, the world tells us what to think. The Bible informs our thinking and renews our mind. That's it right there. Um, powerful stuff. Okay, so folks, next week, I will be on this Leadership Immersive, but we will have shows for you. Oh, wait, what? what? Say it again, sis. On the other side of the Go to the other side of the comments. Great questions, that one? No, hold on, right. Oh, shut up. Okay, someone sent me some... Um, uh, Salamat means thank you. That's your Filipino. Oh, yes. Did we add the Filipino's name? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Sorry. Sorry, Chris. Okay. Update on the tornado. People are asking about. Oh, okay. So the tornado took out a pretty big plant um, at the corner of Dort Highway and uh, that one road, sis, the one that the bar, the beer garden's on. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, and it took out a big chunk of the old GM plant. Um, it did a lot of damage to a lot of property on that one road that eludes me, and it hit Indian River pretty hard, or Indian Hills. Indian Hill. Reed Road. Reed Road, that's it. Thank you, sis. Dort is still closed. Tons of debris still on the highway, uh, and they're still working on restoring power. Uh, I think someone said 10% of the city of Grand Blanc residents still don't have power, uh, so pray for them. No injuries, no deaths. I just can't believe that. I, you saw that. Oh, my gosh. So praise the Lord. Um, oh, Sister Teresa, who is a beloved uh, part of our team here uh, at Quantum Catechesis, her mom went to be with the Lord today. So I'm going to ask you to pray for Sister Teresa, who took amazing care of her mom because she doesn't know how not to, and pray for her mom's soul. Yeah, please do that. Sister Teresa is a gift from heaven. We have an interview with her somewhere in our archives. Yeah, shortly after she got out of prison. Um, I'm just kidding. It was a while after she got out of prison. So uh, I will see you beautiful people next week with some shows that we recorded while on the cruise. We interviewed uh, Teresa Tamio, Father Mike Schmidt, Teresa Tamio, uh, and Teresa Tamio, I remember that. We interviewed a few people and had a great time. I did find out that with Mark D'Antonio's ascension to the College Football Hall of Fame, we will be interviewing Mark in Las Vegas uh, for the Hall of Fame ceremony. In December. So I'm pretty geeked about that. We'll keep you updated. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, I see we still got more questions. We will get after those next week. Am I going to be back Friday? I can't remember. Uh, no. No. Okay, Tons sinners. Of really good questions. Oh, wow. Okay, lots of great questions, folks. We will tackle them. In the meantime, if you would, please pray for Sister Teresa's mom, and please pray for a woman named Jane who is uh, approaching death and could use our love in prayers. Okay. All right, salad pray. Oh, someone asked me yes. why I say frozen peas are my gift to you <laughs> and why I say salad pray. Okay, so let's take it in order. This is vegetable day at whole, uh, whatever we are, quantum catechesis. I say salad pray because of let us pray, and I'm 12 years old, so I think that's funny. <laughs> when I was a kid and the priest would say, peace be with you, I heard peas be with you, and I think he meant peas outside of the pod. <laughs> Because we're all barbarians in this country. And as a kid, that just got in my head. So then I thought about how much I like frozen peas more than canned peas out of the pod. And now I say frozen peas are my gift to you. Because remember when Jesus said, peace is my gift to you. Not as the world gives peace, do I give peace. So not as the world gives you frozen peas, do I give you frozen peas. And that's because I'm extraordinary. One of the viewers is going to make a Venn diagram of all of this. Excelente. I'm not sure what a Venn diagram is, and that frightens and confuses me. But here's what I know. It's just corn. If it's off of the cob, then it's corn off of the cob. Here we are. Salad pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we want to love you well. And I think today, Lord, what really gets my heart is how beautiful it is that you give us all of your love that we can handle. And that the kind of broken little love we give back, somehow that's enough for you. And I can't understand it, but I sure can rejoice in it. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for all these good people who who just want to know more about you. And thank you for letting me help and for whatever I've got right, Lord. Thank you. And for anything I messed up, please forgive me and, and correct it. Father, we ask you in a special way to be with all those who will die today. Be close to them. Let them feel your love and your presence. And if they need a priest, help help my tribe to get there. And if a priest can't get there, comfort them and help them to know that you know. You know. And that you supply all the grace we need. And Father, you know the people we love very much and worry about. And you know all the circumstances that we fret about. And we give it all to you, Lord, because we love you so much and we trust you. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Kung Fu is strong. I'll see you beautiful people next week. And until then, frozen peas, I give to you. Is it over? No, it's never over. Greatest line ever. Well, we're. Some things are, some things are never over.